Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello and welcome to the Karma You podcast. This is your host, Chloe Brotheridge. I'm a coach, a hypnotherapist, and I'm the author of The Anxiety Solution and Brave New Girl. And this podcast is all about helping you to become your calmest, happiest, and most confident self. This episode of the Karma You podcast is sponsored by Wild Nutrition. Wild Nutrition are the experts in women's nutritional health, providing naturally sourced, food-grown supplements, formulated by women for women and backed by over 50 scientific studies. Now, I've been a paying customer of Wild Nutrition for the past couple of years. I went to see a nutritional therapist prior to getting pregnant, and she suggested that I take the Wild Nutrition food-grown pregnancy and new mother support as my daily multi, which I took through my whole pregnancy and I'm actually continuing to take now as I breastfeed my baby. And I'm sure it's contributed to me having an amazing pregnancy and breastfeeding journey. As experts in women's nutritional health, Wild Nutrition offer a great 60-second quiz or a 15-minute free consultation with their trained nutritional therapists over Zoom or phone call for any woman seeking guidance on what to take and how to improve her health. And you can use my code KARMAYOU for £10 off your first order on wildnutrition.com. That's KARMAYOU, C-A-L-M-E-R-Y-O-U, all in capitals, all one word, for £10 off over on wildnutrition.com. Hello, hello, hello. Hope you're doing well today. I am going to talk about staying calm in early motherhood in this episode. And I've been thinking about this so much over the last couple of weeks. I've been planning this episode, thinking about it, hoping that I can do this topic justice. Obviously, I'm not an expert on motherhood or early motherhood or anything like that. And I'm really going to be sharing my own experience and my own insights into anxiety at this time and sharing my, a lot of my own experiences and how I've coped with things and things that I've struggled with. So if this episode would be helpful for someone that you know who's about to have a baby or maybe they've just had a baby or maybe they want to have a baby and they're nervous or anxious about it, then this could be a great one to send to a friend. I know for me, in the years before I had my son, I had, you know, a fair amount of worry and even anxiety about things like the birth, about things like whether I would cope with sleep deprivation, whether I would be a good mum. And I think those sorts of worries and concerns are actually quite normal. So yeah, I just wanted to validate if you're experiencing any of those things. And I have to say, you know, as is the, the case quite often with anxiety, the things that I'd worried about have not come to pass, thank goodness, so so far. 
I really thought that I wouldn't cope with the lack of sleep. I really thought that I would, yeah, be a terrible mum, I guess. And I don't think I am. So I think that's a good sign that anyone who may be worrying about doing this, you know, remember that the nature of anxiety is that we think the worst and very often the worst doesn't happen. And that's obviously not to say that, you know, obviously terrible things do happen in life, but very often the things that we worry about do not end up happening. And I guess I want to share a bit of a disclaimer. I don't know if it's a disclaimer, but I guess to say, first of all, is that I have been in a really fortunate position um, in having a baby. I've had a lot of support and a lot of that is luck. Part of that is the fact that I kind of sacrificed my life in London and my friends there and, you know, my career in a way in London and the career opportunities that come in London to move back up north to live close to my mum and dad and also to Aidan's dad and his partner. And so that has made it a lot easier, I think. And my heart really does go out to those of you who may be listening, you don't have family nearby. Maybe you're living in a different country than your family or they're very far away or you don't have a great relationship with them. You know, that does make it harder. It's obviously not impossible and so many people do it. But I guess I wanted to share that I have that advantage in a way, that privilege in a way. Other things like my partner works from home, so he's not going to work in the day. And I run my own business, so I haven't, you know, this is fortunate and unfortunate in a way, fortunate in the fact that I can work when he's napping and, and during those times, unfortunate in that I don't get maternity leave in the same way. So I, I went back to work when he was about four months old. I was doing a few hours here and there, and I don't see myself going to back, back to work full time for the foreseeable future. However, I did had to go back to work fairly early, maybe compared to some people, just because of the fact that my business is me and cannot cannot run without me. <laughs> so yeah, that's a little bit about my circumstances that may have changed things slightly. Now, let's talk about those early days of motherhood when I think it's probably a time when, for me certainly, the anxiety and the fears and worries were probably the highest. I would say in those first two weeks after he was born, I was, again, really lucky to have a positive birth where things went to plan, quote unquote. And I know that for so many people that doesn't happen and births can be very traumatic. They can be very difficult. Even the best birth is incredibly tiring and it's this huge initiation that we go through. And I just remember thinking, I haven't got time to recover from this experience because it was just so full on with a new baby. And I didn't sleep for probably two nights. I know some of you are probably listening to this saying, oh, yeah, I didn't sleep for five nights when I gave birth. But I didn't sleep for two nights. One night I was in labor. The other night I just had just given birth at like 11 p.m. at night and was just too captivated by staring at him in his little perspex cot to get any sleep. But I remember getting home and just this tiredness and the physical exertion and the physical healing. He was waking up, obviously, as babies do, every couple of hours, every hour sometimes. Me and Aiden were sleeping in shifts. I remember the surprise. I think this is one of the things that nobody tells you when you have a baby. The surprise that babies don't want to be put down. I kind of just assumed you could put your baby down and go and make a cup of tea or go and make some food, put, put some washing on, have a sleep, you know, sleep with the baby sleeps. I was genuinely surprised when he just didn't want to be put down. And so that I found quite hard in that I was holding him the whole time, day and night. Me and Aidan were sleeping in shifts, just not feeling like I had a chance to recover from this you know, powerful experience that was giving birth. 
And I thought I do want to say that if you are someone that has had a traumatic birth or in any way, you know, you're going over your birth and something doesn't feel right, it is an option to go and speak to your midwife and talk about the birth and, and go through that experience with the team that were working that day. I know people who have done that and found it very, very useful to, to talk through what happened. So please do get some help if you have experienced a traumatic birth. Talk it through with someone. Speak to your doctor. Speak to a midwife, a health visitor. Please don't suffer on your own with that. And I remember certainly for the first couple of weeks, there was this undercurrent of anxiety. Not to the point where it was ruining the experience, this magical time, but it was there, this undercurrent of anxiety, a fear about his safety, a fear about whether I could keep him alive, whether I was doing things right. And I remember having this thought constantly, what am I doing wrong? What am I doing wrong? One night I ended up calling the midwife, I think it was like 2.30 in the morning because he was crying and didn't want to be put down and wouldn't sleep. And I was convinced that I was doing something wrong. <laughs> and that created, you know, a lot of fear and stress inside me. And the midwife just said, oh yeah, that's normal. That's just, that's just normal. And what I slowly began to realize was that I wasn't doing anything wrong. And that actually it is normal for babies to be awake all night, not want to be put down, you know, crying, having very high needs in those early days. And so if you are in this position where you are beating yourself up or thinking that you're doing something wrong, know that you're not doing anything wrong. This is just hard. It is hard work. You are doing an incredible job and trust your instinct because you actually know more than you think you do. And I think the other thing to remind you of is that you will figure things out. And this is what everyone says, and it's so hard to believe it when you're in it, but you will figure things out. Things will start to make more sense. You'll start to learn what to do. You'll start to get to know your baby and understand them and understand what they need and processes, and you'll find routine. You will find a routine, but it can seem very chaotic in those early days. And that lack of routine, I think, for those that experience anxiety can be one of the hardest things. I remember getting quite frustrated that the house was a mess. I wasn't able to eat, you know, properly the way I wanted to, that the washing was piling up, that sort of thing. And actually, you know, I wish I could go back now and say to myself, you know, everything will come together eventually. Let that go for now, because you're just in this period of getting to know each other, getting to know your baby, getting into routines. And we did gradually, you know, find a routine, but it did, it did take quite a lot of time, I have to say. And one thing I really wanted to talk about was intrusive thoughts. And when you look at the stats around this, it really depends what survey you look at, but around 90 to 100% of parents, I want to say mums, I don't know if it's dads as well, or, you know, parents in general, but certainly when it comes to mums, it's a very high proportion of people will get intrusive thoughts. Now that might mean, you know, thoughts, it might be images, you know, very common ones are things about your child's safety or you making a mistake or you doing something wrong. And I was talking to my partner, Aidan, about this, and he was saying even he was experiencing intrusive thoughts in those first few weeks and even now, actually. And he is not someone who experiences anxiety. He is extremely <laughs> chill and self-assured. And so that really surprised me. And one of the things that he said to me that really helped to reframe it, he said, you know what, if I ever have one of those thoughts about, you know, his safety or something going wrong, 
I say to my mind, thank you. Thank you for keeping us safe. Thank you for this reminder to stay present. And this helped me a lot. Quite recently, we were down in Cornwall. Aidan's family lives in Cornwall. I was pushing my baby along in the pram and we were walking kind of through a, what do you call it, like a harbour area. And I kept having the thought, oh God, what if I slip and fall into the sea or something like that? And this thought was coming in. And I just, you know, in that moment, thanked my mind, you know, this thought is coming up to try and keep us safe. It wants me to be present. It wants me to be aware. That's why this thought is coming up. So just going to thank that thought and use that as a reminder to stay present. Obviously, if you're getting really severe intrusive thoughts and it's starting to impact your day to day and it's you know causing you a great deal of anxiety, please do get some help for that. Speak to, again, doctors, midwives, even just telling your loved ones, tell your partner, tell your parents, your friends, just speaking it out loud can sometimes take the power out of it and help us to, you know, gain a different perspective. But certainly, you know, for me, this idea of recognizing the brain is doing this to keep us safe. And it's this reminder to come back to the present moment. Another experience I had quite soon after he was born, he's probably about, how old was he? about six weeks old or so. And I wanted to take him out in the car and drive on the motorway. Now, normally I'm absolutely fine driving on the motorway. And I've heard over the years from so many clients that it's a really common thing once you have a child to develop more fears about driving, I guess because the stakes are higher and you want to protect this tiny little person that you're taking care of. And so If anyone else has had any anxieties around driving, once they've had children, it's a really, really common one. And I noticed that I had a bit of anxiety about driving. We were going to drive to the Trafford Centre. If anyone knows the northwest of England, the Trafford Centre is like, I feel like it's a place lots of people take their babies because it's it's like a shopping centre covered over because it rains. It's in Manchester. It rains all the time in Manchester. So all the mums and babies go there and walk around the shops and go to Wagamama's. Anyway, that's what I wanted to do. And I I was really noticing this worry and uncertainty. I was saying to myself, you know, is it okay for me to even do this? You know, should I not risk, you know, taking him out in the car and taking him on the motorway? And the thing that really helped me was I thought to myself, what would a reasonable person do? What would a reasonable person do? So you might want to think about a really reasonable person, someone that is very sane, grounded and calm. My reasonable person, her name is Bonnie. She's my best friend. She's a Taurus, so she's very grounded. And I think about, you know, what would Bonnie do in this situation? Would she take her baby out in the car or would she think, actually, you know what, it's not safe to do that. I'm not going to, I'm not going to do that. And I realized that it was very reasonable to take the baby out and drive on the motorway. And so I did it. I was, yeah, a little bit nervous to begin with. But it felt great to get out. It felt great to have that bit of freedom back and go for some food. I went with my sister and walked around Selfridges and it was lovely. So this could work for a lot of different situations. Just asking yourself, what would a reasonable person do in this situation? So this podcast is sponsored by my hypnotherapy collection. Now, I first discovered hypnotherapy about 12 years ago, and it was actually via hypnotherapy recordings that I first discovered what a powerful tool this is. 
I remember being quite skeptical before I started listening. I, I didn't really think anything was going to work for me. And yet I was feeling a bit desperate, very anxious, very low in self-confidence. And I thought, I've got nothing to lose. I'm going to give these hypnotherapy recordings a try. And something strange happened. Normally I'd get in the shower in the morning and my inner critic would already be at it, chattering away with this negative self-talk and having basically negative thoughts about the day ahead. Only after listening to these recordings for about two weeks, I noticed that my mind was calmer and I was actually looking forward to the day and I was able to be really present in the shower, focusing on the smell of the shampoo and the feeling of the water on my skin. And this was a revelation to me. It really did unlock this sense of possibility that actually change was possible. Now, I've created a hypnotherapy collection, which is 12 of my most powerful hypnotherapy recordings designed to help you to be your calmest, happiest and most confident self. And you can save 20% when you use the code podcast. That's podcast all in capitals over on my website, karma-u.com forward slash collection. And there's no risk at all. You can try these recordings for 14 days. And if they're not for you, email us for a no questions asked refund. So head over to karma-u.com forward slash collection. Use the code podcast to save 20% on the hypnotherapy collection. Another thing that I have to say worried me was worrying about SIDS. And of course, this is, you know, it's every parent's kind of worst nightmare, I guess. And obviously, very sadly, this is something that happens. It's not very common. It is very unlikely to happen but it is something that we need to be aware of. And what I really noticed was it was almost like the case of having too much information in a way. And I totally understand why we need to have all this health and safety information. And I am all for health and safety. And yet for someone like me who is quite safety minded, knowing so much about it almost created more worry for me. I think in this day and age, we have so much health and safety information. There's so many guidelines and things you have to do and when you first have a baby, you're learning all of this stuff. You know, what kind of bed do they need to sleep in? What kind of sleeping bags? You know, when you start feeding them food, there's all those concerns and worries about that. I guess I just wanted to say you're not alone if you're, you're worrying about those things. And something that really helped me, I read a book called Sweet Sleep by La Leche League. I hope I'm saying that right. It's, it's really a book for people that are breastfeeding. So if you're not breastfeeding, that wouldn't be so relevant for you. But it talks a lot about sleep. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. It talks a lot about safe sleep. It talks a lot about safe co-sleeping. So for me co-sleeping has been an absolute godsend in terms of getting more sleep and getting more rest and being able to feed my baby whilst lying down lying on my side and feeding him that has been a huge help in getting more sleep and getting more rest so my baby he just didn't want to go to sleep in his cot (laughs) he really doesn't and so it just made life so much easier and of course with co-sleeping it's really really important to do that in a safe way and so if you are looking into that please have a look at that book. Or there's an amazing account on Instagram that I follow called Co-Sleepy. And I think I bought one of her little mini courses that talks about how to do it in a really safe way. Uh, She talks about the thing called the cuddle curl. You may have heard of that, where you're lying on your side with your baby. Um, You're kind of in a C shape with your baby in the middle. And it's a way to sleep next to your baby that is a lot safer than um, other ways. So look into that if you're somebody that is, is worrying about that. So that was just me sharing some experiences. I'm now going to share you my four tips, I guess, for staying calm in early motherhood. And tip number one is to ask for help. Now, I thought that I was okay with asking for help before I had a baby. I, I didn't, I genuinely didn't think I had a problem with this. And I realized that I haven't needed help in the last few years. I've been quite independent. I've been, you know, financially independent and, you know, living a good life with very few, you know, external challenges. I'm very lucky to be able to say that. And I haven't needed help. And I think maybe something about being the oldest child, the oldest girl in the family, and I don't know if you relate to this as well, there's probably something in me that thinks that I should just be able to cope and do things myself and handle it, get on with things and be kind of like the, the one that just gets on with things. And that is such a common one for, for women and some men as well. But getting better at asking for help is going to be an important thing, I think, for lots of us when it comes to staying calm when you've got young children. Because it is like this impossible task to do it on your own. We evolved in community. We evolved as part of a tribe where the elders in the tribe would be helping. The younger kids would be helping. The other parents would also be helping. 
we've never lived in a, a society really up until like the last, I don't know, maybe even 50 years. You know, 50 years ago, very likely people lived near their parents much more than they do now, or definitely 100 years ago. And so this is like the first time in history that we've been doing things on our own. And it is too much. If it feels like too much, it's because it is too much. It is just an incredibly hard thing to juggle. It's amazing, isn't it? How it takes more than two people to look after one person, one baby. (laughs) So getting better at asking for help is so important. Giving yourself permission to ask for help, knowing that it is too much for one person to handle. It is too much for two people to handle. And very likely, you know, if you have a partner, your partner may be going back to work within two weeks after having a baby. So it may be that you are the sole person that is looking after your young child during the day. So the first step is to think about what help you need. What would help you to feel more resourceful? What would be useful for you? So maybe that is having your partner, if you have one, take your baby out for a walk in the morning so that you can have a bit of time for yourself. You can do some self-care. You can have a shower by yourself. You can have an extra bit of sleep. Maybe it's about asking, you know, a family member or a friend to, to cook some food for you or to hold your baby for a couple of hours while you go back to bed or to let you hold and feed your baby while they do a bit of tidying up. They empty the dishwasher or they put some food on for you or they take the recycling out. It is amazing how those little things can make such a difference when you're in early parenthood. I remember just thinking how even 10 minutes for myself felt so restorative when I was used to before having, you know, hours to go and do what I wanted to do and have so much time for self-care. Suddenly, not having access to that time and space, those small pockets of time that I was getting really did restore me. I remember going and having an hour for myself when my baby was a couple of weeks old and that just felt so rejuvenating and restoring. So it's, it's funny how when you have a baby, it kind of changes your perception on time and, and time for yourself and just recontextualizes it all. I also found it so useful asking other mums for advice. I was in a WhatsApp group with some NCT mums. There were people that I met at baby groups. I asked my own mum. I've got a couple of really good friends who have got older children. They've got two children each. And being able to ask some things, ask some advice get their reassurance, get their encouragement. That was so, so useful for me because there were just so many moments where I felt lost. I didn't know what to do. I felt like I was doing it wrong, all of those sorts of things. And it's just so good to be able to speak to someone about that experience and how you're feeling. And also just this reminder that everything is temporary. I know everyone says this advice when you have a baby. Every, everything's just a phase. Everything passes. The messy house is temporary. The tiredness is temporary. The fact that you can't wash your hair properly is temporary. You're not going to feel this way forever. It will pass. It will get better. And you will find more stability and calm and more routine as your baby gets older. Tip number two is all about adjusting your expectations. Now, it's often said that so much of our suffering comes from the gap between our expectations and our reality. And when it comes to having a baby, we we have all sorts of expectations, don't we? Many of us have expectations that it's going to be terrible and hard. And I think I had that expectation that it was going to be 
really hard and never going to sleep again, never going to have any time for myself. And actually, in some ways, I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah, it wasn't as bad as I I, I thought it was going to be. However, there were certain expectations that I had that caused me suffering. And one of them, as I, as I mentioned before, was I expected to be able to put the baby in his bed and he would just sleep or put him down for a moment. But that wasn't the case. He wanted to be held all the time. Otherwise, he would scream and scream. Now, if I am lucky enough to have another baby, I'm going to go into that situation with just a different expectation, the expectation that my baby just may want to be held for the first three months. And actually, one of the things that I really learned through this, this experience of having a baby is when we're in a battle, when we're trying to get something to happen that is not going to happen, that creates a lot of stress. So I'm battling to try and put him down in his bed when he doesn't want to, he just wants to, to be on me. That is the bit, that's the big one for me, frankly. And a lot of calm came for me in saying, actually, you know what? My baby can sleep on me and I can just watch Netflix and relax and stop trying to put him down and just accept that this is what's happening. This is how it is for now. I also had this expectation that I should know what his cries meant straight away. I remember reading you know, an email or a book or something that said, you'll, you'll start to learn what your baby's cries mean. And I was like, I have no idea what this cry means. Like, what's wrong with me? Do I not have the special mothering gene that somehow intuitively knows what that, that cry means? And, you know, I wish I'd been able to just adjust my expectations and say, I don't know what that cry means now, but I'm going to learn. I'm open to learning and that will come. And it has come. It did come. I did start to learn that the uh, 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 cry meant hungry and all that sort of stuff. But I had this expectation on myself that was, you know, an unfair expectation. So let's drop those expectations. Let's accept what is more. Let's be really kind to ourselves and really gentle with ourselves and know that everything is always changing and evolving. Tip number three is all about not comparing yourself to others. I know it's so much easier said than done. And it is natural as human beings to compare ourselves to other people. But Here's one thing that I really learned. So I, I mentioned before I was in this, I'm in this WhatsApp group for some NCT mums, people that I met on the National Trial Birth Trust course. And it was at times hard not to compare myself to these other mums' experiences. But what I realized was that every baby is so, so different. Some of them were crawling at six months. Some of them had teeth at four months. Some of them didn't get teeth until they were 10 months. Some of them just would sleep anywhere and preferred to sleep in a court. Some of them didn't want to be put down. These babies were so, so different. And this idea that babies should be a certain way, if your baby isn't doing certain things or if you aren't doing certain things, that that's somehow wrong, just doesn't make any sense. Babies are so different. It's like they come in with their own personality, their own vibe, their own energy. and I don't know how much it actually matters what you do. I think so much of it is down to the baby, to be honest. And we see that, don't we? We see that in siblings. You know, siblings can be so different to each other, and yet they've had the same parents. They've had a very similar upbringing. And so much of it's to do with their unique makeup. So please don't compare yourself. If your baby isn't sleeping and other people's are, or your baby hasn't reached this milestone, just know that they're all different. It just doesn't make sense to compare them. And your baby is their own unique person with their own 
unique personality and they're probably going to do what they're going to do. It doesn't matter what you do or, you know, you try and get them into a routine. Or, you know, sometimes people talk about, oh, my baby's sleeping through the night. And I just think, I bet that's just the way they are. I don't think it's actually a special technique that you've been doing <laughs> because otherwise it would work for everyone. And if it worked for everyone, then there would be no discussions about baby sleep. So the last tip that I'm going to share is just very simply to find time for you, to make time for you. I have seen so, so clearly, you know, I talk, I've been talking about this for years to parents, you know, take time for yourself. It's going to make you a better parent. And I've just seen that so, so clearly in my own life, how when I have a break, when I have some time for myself, things that I love to do might be doing some breath work, just having a nap, listening to some ASMR, listening to a hypnotherapy recording, you know, going and calling a friend and having a really good chat, you know, going to the pub for like an hour and a half or something like that. And those small amounts of time, even if it's just 10 minutes, even if it's an hour, are so, so nourishing and restoring. And I just feel like I have so much more love to give, so much more energy, more resilience, more resourcefulness to give to my baby after I've had a break. And there are definitely moments where I, f- I feel myself, I feel like, oh, I-, I can't cope with this. This, you know, he's been crying. I can't get him to eat his food. He doesn't want to go to bed. And I can just feel this energy building up of like, oh, I can't cope. I really need a break. And being able to then have a break, have some time for myself, it is just about filling myself up. And I know that I'm a better mum as a result of that. So I know you know this already, and this is kind of obvious, but I just wanted to say that and remind you of that. So it's not just for you. Self-care is not just for you. It's actually for the well-being of your whole family. And, you know, I've read this thing recently that the mum's mood or the, I don't know, Maybe you're not, you're not a mum, you're a parent, but the mum's mood, this is what the thing that I'd read, the mum's mood dictates the mood of the whole family. If you're in a good space, then that has a positive impact on the rest of the family. You really do set, set the tone for the, the rest of the family. So do everyone a favour and have some time for yourself. So again, I said for me, Aidan takes our son out for a walk in the morning and I get that hour or so for myself. I, you know, drop him off at my parents. My sister has him. I'm really lucky in that way. You know, maybe if you don't have family nearby, maybe there's a neighbor that could take your baby for a walk in the pram. I heard about a woman that had twins and she didn't have any family nearby. And the neighbors on her street would each have a rotor and they would take it in turns to take the twins out for a walk at lunchtime so that she would have an hour for herself. That sort of support is just amazing. And I hope you can get some support. And if you can't, get some support? Can you buy in support? Can you buy in support? So I know that's not going to be available to everyone, but something that I also notice is that even if we did have the money to buy help, there can be parts of us inside that think that there's something wrong with that. That it is, for example, not okay to get help with the housework or to have someone look after your baby we have all sorts of kind of conditioning and beliefs and maybe, you know, you might think about what other people would think about you getting help and that sort of thing. Or maybe you're somebody that is always the helper and it's difficult for you to receive. And so if that is the case, just know that it is too big a job for one person to do. And there's absolutely nothing wrong. If you are in a financial position to be able to get help, it can make a huge, huge difference. And I was been hugely lucky to have a nanny 
at first she just did two hours twice a week while I did a bit of work. And when the baby was asleep, she helps with the washing and does the dishwasher, which has been such a huge, huge help for me, enabling me to do my work and enabling me to have a bit of time for myself. And there are things like, you know, mother's help. The job title is called mother's help, where they'll come and, you know, help you with baby related tasks or hold the baby while you sleep or help you with cooking or, you know, tidying up and that sort of thing. Maybe it's getting little bits of childcare here and there. Maybe it is getting someone to help with the, the tidying and the washing. If you are in a position to be able to do that, then it's a huge, a huge help. So there you have it. Those are my four tips and a bit about my own experience. I hope this has made sense. I've tried to make it a coherent episode, but I hope it hasn't been too much of a, a ramble. God, this is such a big topic. You know, we could talk about this forever, but I just wanted to share a little about the things that have helped me, things that I've been struggling with and just some tips for staying calm in this time in your life. And just this reminder that you are doing an amazing job. You absolutely are. And you deserve to rest and you deserve to have time for yourself. And if you're really going through it right now, please do ask for some help. Please do tell someone how you're feeling. I know that this will not last forever. It honestly goes so quickly. My baby's 10 months old now and it has gone so, so fast. I know everyone says that. Yeah, just keep going. You're doing amazingly. And I'm sending you lots of love. Do come and let me know if you're listening to this episode. Come and let me know on Instagram. I'd love to hear from you. Honestly, it does make my day when I get messages on Instagram from people listening. It encourages me to encourages me to continue making these episodes. And you can come and find me over on my website, karma-u.com. I've got loads of resources there. I've got blogs. I've got all the podcasts are there. I've got free downloads. I've got a workbook for anxiety. I'm often doing workshops so you can find out about anything that I've got coming up on there. And yeah, I look forward to speaking to you soon. I'm sending you lots of love. Hope you have a great week. Bye. You have been listening to the Karma You podcast with me, Chloe Bretheridge. Don't forget you can download loads of freebies for anxiety and confidence at my website, karmau.com. You can also find out about my app and my one-on-one sessions. Please do subscribe to this podcast in the Apple Podcast app. And if you have enjoyed it or found it helpful, please leave me a review. It makes a massive difference to helping the podcast get discovered by other people. And come on over and find me on Instagram. I'm hanging out there every day. You can find me at Chloe Brotheridge. Let me know what you thought of this episode. And please do share it with anyone who might need to hear this today. So I'm sending you loads of love and I hope you have a brilliant week ahead. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.